there's been some really interesting stories of people you know far out in the Himalayas um, using breathing practices to warm their bodies up as an example and this is known as uh, it's, it's a form of, of of yoga it's a form of uh, Tibetan Tibetan art it's called Tumo and this technique is translated Tumo directly means inner fire so what Tumo is is a technique that these monks would use to use their breathing and use you know body awareness and, and a few different sort of techniques and movements as well to create heat within their own bodies that was Johannes Egberts Hey everyone, welcome to Seeker and Sage. My name is Danny Pomploon and I'm your host. Welcome to episode 136, where we talk about all things breathing. Johannes Egberts is a rad dude. A lot of people I've met on Instagram. I feel like that's the story of uh, the beginning of every intro in the podcast series is that I've met people off Instagram, but the truth is I have. Now I might've shared this on the podcast. I feel like it's been six to nine months-ish. But I have changed my morning ritual routine to add some breath work. Uh, there's, of course, there's meditation, there's sitting, and cold showers. Now, Johannes is a big fan of all of the above. Specifically, he's known for some of the breath work that he's uh, been taking people on on these really cool retreats and these really cool journeys. As we're working through COVID and everything else, I'm trying to offer just as much out there that we can use to help us ground, stay stable. Winter is coming, and so apparently some of these breathing exercises can help us uh, warm up from the inside as well. I currently do a pranayama practice um, every morning. It's like my morning tune-up that one of my teachers gave me. And if you want to check it out, you can check it out on my app. It's free. Uh, you don't have to pay for it. It's just right there, ready to go for you. It's a great way to start your day. I call it like my, my yogi cup of coffee. And I swear by it. I do it every day. If I don't, I totally feel completely different. So try it out. Give it a shot. Give yourself the opportunity to breathe and just to take a step back and take a breath. A quick reminder too that you can find now all the podcasts, every single episode that we've done inside my app as well. So while you're going in there to do your little breathing exercise or maybe one of the free classes that are on there, there's a selection of free videos for y'all to take home. Uh, you can also check out some of the podcasts. They all live there. You'll get a notification every week when the new episode is up and running. All things that you need to keep in one place in the app. You can check out the app on my website, just www.dannypomploon.com. You can always download the version as well on Google Play or the Apple uh, App Store. Without further ado, here goes session 136. Johannes, welcome to the show, man. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm glad we uh, we finally got to do this. The buildup on this has been amazing. <laughs> it's great. It's a little while coming. There's, I feel like we started recording this last time and I was like saying this at the beginning of the show, but like, you know, there's a couple of guests that I've had on the show that's been either scheduling conflicts or, you know, people traveling or whatever it is. And they, for some reason, every single time I bring them on, it's like the perfect timing. It was like, I, w I wasn't supposed to have them on before. Where we're at in the world is a different place. And so it makes a little more sense. So you know, a, a lot of, a lot of the show one, you know, I've, I've changed the format of the show a bit. And, and now the show is called Seeker and Sage, um, because it just resonates a lot more with why I bring people on the show. Um, and it's to, you know, listen to their wisdom and listen to what they have to bring to, uh, to our lives and help better ourselves, but also to, 
you know, share, share someone's story and, you know, where they've gained all of their knowledge and, and how it's transformed not only their lives, but, uh, but others. And I think now in a time of Corona, you know, there's so many different, uh, avenues that we can go about self care and, you know, really tuning in and dialing in and getting grounded. And, uh, I'm just really, 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 I've been following you for a while. We, you know, be, bumped into each other on Instagram and I love the work that you do. I love seeing all the journeys that you provide for people and, you know, the space that you, you really open up the container for people to just channel this inner power within them. And so, mm. you know, I really want to hear, I, I guess it's, you know, I, I want to hear how you got started in the journey of breath work, how you got started in taking people through these big journeys. Cause they, I mean, I, I haven't gone on one of your, uh, you know, one of your retreats or one of your experiences, but every time I look at them, they just look so transformative. Mm. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. And um, yeah, I can only say around the timing piece as well. I feel like since we spoke last six months ago or something, I feel like I'm a different person and it's, um, mm. it's pushed me personally, um, professionally and yeah, in so many different ways to really reassess all the different tools, all the different techniques and, and why I do these practices. So I love that um, we're having this conversation right here, right now. Yeah. But yeah, so if you would have asked me, uh, if you would have told me a decade ago that breathing or breath work uh, would have been my fascination or my passionate passion at this point, I, I, it would have made no sense to me. But it probably is about a decade ago that I did my first yoga class. Um, and I walked out of that class um, probably about 20 minutes in. It was just unbearable for me to invite in silence and for me to you know, be with my body, be with my breath, be under this sort of disciplinary guidance of another person. I actually couldn't stand it. Um, there was something within me, though. There was some kind of a, a need or a quest to, <laughs> to sort of stick it through. Maybe it was just stoicism or stubbornness but i went back and about a month in i started to sort of find i think my rhythm and i started to be okay with you know being in this kind of even though you're in a room with other people you're sort of contained within listening to your own breathing and, and feeling your own body and you know certain sensations that are discomfort you know, uncomfortable perhaps and having your heartbeat very close to you um and there was always mention of breath or, or breathing within the sort of context of the container that I was practicing yoga in at the time, but it never really got its grasp on me. It didn't make much sense. There wasn't much of a, um, the, it wasn't interesting enough, dare I say, that wasn't really conveyed in a way that it seemed, you know, sensible or it seemed to be targets or goals or things that I could sort of get or achieve um, within using my breath, right, to a certain extent. But it, it, did, it did bring to mind this concept of meditation. So this idea that you could sit and simply observe the breath, which, um, one of my teachers, which is Dan, Dan Brule, he says that breathwork can be split up into two different sort of avenues. And one is breath awareness, where we you know, simply learn to watch and observe our breathing and you know, the many lessons that it, it has for us. And um, a traditional med meditation practice or perhaps Buddhist traditions or yogic traditions often fall into this category. But there's a whole other branch, which is um, what I'm excited to talk to you about today, which is this conscious breathing, right? Where we start to use breathing practices uh, in a certain way to obtain a certain result. And this for me um, came really to my world about five years ago when I started to learn freediving. Okay. And within freediving, it becomes more interesting to me at least because it's quite interesting what freedivers have done. They're quite 
geeky people by nature. They're quite sort of, um, you know, they have to sort of create their own training platforms and own avenues. And there isn't really much information out there online. So you really have to go within to find what works. And they've quite cleverly assessed all the different pranayama traditions and techniques and have really picked out the ones that work um, specifically towards, you know, the concept of holding your breath for a long period of time and being able to really calm yourself, your heart and your nervous system down when, when diving to these significant depths on the water. Yeah, so that became uh, very interesting for me that you could use techniques uh, from the pranayama tradition and also some more modern ways and forms to, to to actually slow down your heart rate and to calm your mind down and to get into a meditative or even sort of a, a trans state um, and, and use it for this particular goal of, you know, getting more calm and learning to dive deeper and deeper and then the effects that was having on my uh, my personal life as well to find more calm and get closer to, to stillness within myself. Um, then a little while later, I actually went through quite a traumatic event. So something happened to me on a personal level. I got out of a relationship in a way that was just horrifying and it, it devastated me. And I think what was so significant about it was not the fact that it hurt me and that I didn't know how to deal with that, but what happened was I hurt someone else in the process. And that was something I actually couldn't really deal with at the time and managing my own emotions and and being with the pain and perhaps you know the, the emotional trauma that it caused i just didn't really have the tools or the resources to deal with that and i locked up and i actually physically locked up I, I froze so to say and um yeah i found myself unable to speak unable to express myself my, my throat was locked up my physical body felt very repressed and um just didn't really know how to how to continue further, right? Lots of self-loathing, um, lots of hopelessness, helplessness, and found myself back in the Netherlands, which is where I'm from originally. Now it'd been about five years at the time since I'd been there, and my brother, who um, who lived in Amsterdam, took me in, and um, even though I couldn't necessarily share much about what had happened just yet, he sensed that something was off, and he said, "Hey, you have to try this this breathing technique." Yeah, so there's a local guy, his name is Wim Hof, and um, he swims in the canals in Amsterdam. And this is midwinter, so that's not only crazy because they're extremely cold, it's also crazy because they're disgusting, right? So, <laughs> yeah, um, to, on both accounts, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've so, been, I've seen, they're disgusting. <laughs> oh, it's, it, it's horrible. It used to be a punishment to get thrown into the canals. So anyway, yeah. there's a local guy apparently, right? And he's in his, in his late 50s and he swims in the Amsterdam canals. He's got this incredible story and so watching some of these videos and these recordings of him as well at the time he sort of there's something about him that resonated with me perhaps his story mm -hmm. or just his, his ethos or his way of, of communicating and it was very sort of empowering and he was you know saying things like you know, the cold and and these breathing practices they've helped me get closer to myself my true nature and and really at the time i, I didn't have much to lose man so technique was something along the lines at the time of lay down and just take big deep breaths for quite a while and then hold your breath and go through this sort of rhythmical approach with strange sounds and tunes and everything was quite new to me at the time mm -hmm. and um but yeah i don't know what happened but about 15 minutes into that process um the lights went off <laughs> and everything went quiet and it was such a deep level of quiet that even diving down to you know 40 meters below the ocean and sitting and observing I yet to experience such a profound level of stillness um 
but also for a moment, it was almost a numbness with it too, where I, it was such a heaviness on my chest at the time that was finally relieved for a little while. And it was really as if I could, it was quite metaphorical because after this darkness, uh, I was watching these lights and I was watching these sort of, you know, kaleidoscope shapes uh, move before my eyes. And there was some sort of a message within that for me almost saying like, this is where you need to be, right? This is, this is where you can come to heal. Um, and I practiced that technique every single day for the next two or three years. Um, and it really helped me help my first only just hold my head above water and sort of embody my body. So come back out of those disassociative patterns and return to just actually be in my body and be in my experience of life, but also down the line actually to improve my, my, my health, get rid of, you know, old standing conditions and little sort of issues that I'd had since a very young time, whether it was allergies or skin conditions or gut issues. And for some reason, this breathing technique seemed almost magical. It seemed to just be like a reset to every human system within me, whether it was uh, my hormones, my digestive system, my psyche. Um, it helped me so much. <laughs> and it was accompanied with this cold water, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so taking cold showers every morning, which gives you this incredible boost of not only energy and, and, and positive hormones, but also just empowerment to make that decision on a daily basis. Um, right. So a lot of it started shifting within that for me. And still to this day, I can't put into words exactly what happened to me when I did that breathing practice and you know what exactly occurs when certain brain areas get less blood flow perhaps and we reach these sort of transcendental states through using our breath perhaps right it's different ways of getting there but breath work certainly is one of them um, but I've sort of made it a bit of a quest to find out how that all occurred for me and to learn more about you know not only the human experience but really my own body my own mind um, and connect some of the dots backwards and it's been a really interesting process and um yeah the breath has been this <laughs> this anchor within it for me so i've studied most different breathing practices that are out there by now i've got certifications in about nine of them and yeah i've met some really beautiful people and mentors along the way and um a couple of years ago i decided to start teaching this and yeah haven't looked back since man i teach thousands of people along the way in workshops programs and retreats and had the opportunity to stand on big stages and also go out into some incredible environments and organize these experience, <laughs> which you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where we're sort of bringing people closer, not only to their own breath, but really, really to their own human experience through it. A lot of the stuff that you're, you're starting to bring up, you know, for people out there that maybe don't know pranayama, it's the yogic breathing techniques, prana being life force that runs in your body. Um, you know, I, I, I shared this, I can't remember when it was on the podcast, but I recently, you know, over the last, it was like six months within the last six months, I read a, a book by Aubrey Marcus. Um, and it was like, you know, 40 days, like change your life situation, whatever. And I actually started cold showers because of the book, um, just different, the different elements of my life had started to change. And one of the things that I found was really intriguing was the actual, breathing techniques that he brought, that he brought in. He talked about the Wim Hof method. He talked, you know, a little bit about, um, uh, just like the yogis and the breath that they took in as well. And, and, you know, kind of basically creating this whole ritual. It's almost like a mini experience when you wake up, uh, that yep. you would offer, you know, for your whole retreat, right. You just kind of zip file it and make it a little bit smaller. Help me understand, you know, 
some of the breathing techniques that you use, what's the science behind them and why are they so powerful? Yeah, great question, man. So we can start with the, um, the Wim Hof method technique, uh, as you mentioned earlier. And, and it's, it's important to frame this in a way that even though this technique has been sort of brought to the world perhaps about seven, eight years ago, so it's, it's quite new. Um, mm-hmm. it, is, it isn't new in its practice. It isn't new in its application. And, you know, mm-hmm. if we look back along perhaps history and different forms of anthropology, we actually find that, you know, the, the yogis in India have been using their breath um, for a very, very long time. And it's, it's quite clouded sometimes as to how they did it and what they did specifically. But um, there's been some really interesting stories of people, you know, far out in the Himalayas um, using breathing practices to warm their bodies up, as an example. And this is known as, uh, it's, it's a form of, of, of yoga. It's a form of uh, Tibetan, Tibetan art. It's called Tumo. And this technique is translated, Tumo directly means inner fire. So... What Tumo is, is a technique that these monks would use to use their breathing and use, you know, body awareness and, and a few different sort of techniques and movements as well to create heat within their own body. So these guys can sit out in snowy environments in nothing but, you know, a robe or a clad. And there was even certain festivals and certain competitions that they had once a year where they would sit out in the dark at night in the cold, in the snow. And they would dry these wet towels and wet ropes upon their backs. And the guy who could dry the most in a single setting would sort of win the competition. So it's quite incredible um, how these guys have sort of transcended some of the ideas of what we believe to be possible, right, using the breathing. And so there comes Wim Hof, who is known as the Iceman. And this is about... 20 years ago, he started breaking these world records and pushing himself to do all these sort of competitions and crazy stunts left and right. And he's, he's climbed Mount Everest, uh, you know, almost to the top, sort of beyond the death zone in nothing but a pair of shorts and sandals. And he's done these... <laughs> Casual. <laughs> yeah, he's done... <laughs> Casual Friday climb. <laughs> yeah, and the list sort of goes on and on. There's things like climbing Mount Kilimanjaro as well in record time and, and using breathing practices to sort of defy what we thought we knew about acute mountain sickness, right? And the way the body oxygenates itself at altitude. Mm-hmm. So it opens up this really interesting <laughs> conversation, but also this idea that, you know, human beings are, are maybe possible or equipped to do more than we sometimes give ourselves credit for, right? And so he formulated this in somewhat of a technique that's quite simple and really quite approachable for, for anyone these days and, and and all it is is using you know, deepening your breath and, and blowing off quite an amount of, of carbon dioxide as you do so and then using different focusing and perhaps visualization practices to, to deepen the effects as well and this can turn like you said this can turn into a very simple quite practical little morning routine where you use a breathing practice um just to center yourself or just to really get into you know your lungs and your breath and change your awareness um by doing so but i think that the cool thing about this method is is that it sort of exemplifies um like i said earlier it exemplifies really what's possible for us right and we can look the other way too and we can see you know the world record freediving holder has dived to 128 meters um recently on a single breath of air right and again about 30 40 years ago this was simply not believed to be possible it was simply sort of presumed or assumed that your lungs would implode once you get under so much pressure and there's no way that you could bear it and what this um 
strongness of will is really what it is and this dedication to, to this art this sport that people pursue it comes to show is that there's actually so much more possible and there's actually so much more depth within the human body that we often give it credit for um, and the breathing seems to be this anchor so whether we take it back to these ancient you know sages and swamis and different people that would spend much of their day much of their you know waking awareness like observing their breath and, and perhaps manipulating and using these different breathing and awareness techniques or we put it down to you know someone like yourself or myself that spends about 15 20 minutes a day just using these breathing practices to build a little bit more self-awareness and, and to to get some of these results out of it it's really it's really quite potent This episode is brought to you by Real Paper, a tree-free toilet paper. It's made 100% of bamboo. It's eco-friendly and plastic-free. Yep, there's not even any plastic in their packaging, which I absolutely love because it's better for the planet. Save the trees. It's also important to upgrade your personal products to help make the world a better place. So if you use my coupon code DANNY to receive 25% off your first order, I will thank you and they will thank you. Check out realpaper.com. This episode is sponsored by the app called Fastic. You can achieve your personal lifestyle goals in no time, plus it's free. I personally have been intermittent fasting for like the last four or five years, and it is absolutely the only way that I go by my day-to-day -day life. I feel more energized um, and overall just better because I do intermittent fasting. My favorite thing about this app is that it's super easy to use, but it's also customizable to your normal eating times. So you can set it according to the hours that you don't want to fast and so on and so forth. It has 12 different intermittent fasting plans that fit your day-to-day. -day. You can download it by searching Fastic. That's F-A-S-T-I-C. Now back to the show. So where do we start? Where do we start with the breath? You know, there's so much. <laughs> It's a really good question, man. Um, yeah, so coming from that that framework of the two categories, I think is always valuable. You know, there's there's one form of breathing where we simply become aware of our breathing, and that in and of itself is incredibly powerful. And you know, the benefits of meditation have been studied extensively, right? And we've seen that it can decrease stress hormones in the body both acutely and in the long term. It can change the shape of the brain. It can alter different functions of the brain. Um, and so simply by learning to observe and learning to to watch our breath without even manipulating it we're we're tapping into like a host of these benefits and we're we're allowing different circuits in the brain to to open up and to activate and to to really change the way that we live our lives and as we come as we become aware of the breath right as we become aware of the way that we are breathing and the way that the breath moves through us we can also start to manipulate the breathing and we can also start to use these different breathing exercises and this is where it becomes interesting if you ask me and also you know there's a pretty common uh phenomena out there which i very much adhere to for a long time which is that most people have the sense that they can't meditate right so they have the idea that meditation is not for them you know sitting in stillness is is, is simply not like i'm simply not made for it and right. in a sense in a sense this can actually be true you know like in a sense this is it, it isn't for everybody and we all have different reactions we have different you know messengers of discomfort different signals that our body gives us when we when we invite in stillness and so using your breath and actually using breath work exercises can be a really interesting way to 
sort of sit in meditation. It can be much more engaging. And there's been there's been some studies done recently that have showed that you know breathing exercises have actually been f- shown to be 40% more effective in the treatment of stress and anxiety in the acute sense um, than cognitive behavioral therapy. So then mindfulness, which is more towards this breath awareness side. So this is where I think it can be really potent for people to start using simple but effective breathing practices to help calm themselves down, to help you know bring themselves back to balance, back to equilibrium, whatever that means at the time there's one breathing practice which is still today probably my absolute favorite and um it's the most beneficial of all and it's the most simple of all in fact it's so simple that it's very easy to overcomplicate it and it's called the therapeutic zone of breathing so okay. it's been said that um human beings are the world the world health organization have sort of dictated that human beings are meant to breathe between 12 and 18 times a minute somewhere in that range right Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's kind of common belief in the medical view but when we look a little bit closer and when we get a little bit more into the science and in fact into you know old philosophy and old history as well there's many different schools of thought that dictate that we should actually be breathing less and that we can actually breathe less and less and less and it can bring us a greater sense of calm and greater health and well-being and so the science is catching up with this idea that by taking fewer breaths a minute we live a longer life. <laughs> That's the essence of it, right? But even mm-hmm. in the direct sense, there's this um, breathing practice called, again, therapeutic zone of breathing or coherent breathing. And what it is, is you slow your breathing rate down to about six times a minute. And okay. it's as simple as taking a breath in for five seconds and taking a breath out for five seconds. And anytime you come to this practice, anytime you slow your breathing down in for five out for five what happens within the body is that both the brain and the circulatory system and the respiratory system they align and it's called coherence and the beauty of what this creates is that it slows everything down and it's been shown in different graphs and different studies that it actually creates a clearer train of communication within the systems in your body and it brings everything to greater balance i think that's a fantastic place to begin it's just to start becoming aware of your breathing and every now and then when you feel like you can use it as an anchor, count in for five and count out for five. And it works, it's incredibly effective. So how do we get you to guide us through a quick breathing exercise so we can feel this in real time? Let's give it a go, man. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) I'm intrigued. Let's do it right now. (laughs) Yep. No, that sounds good. So we'll start with a simple exercise that can just bring a little bit more awareness to our breathing, right? We'll start with something called a breath break. And again, it's so simple that it's easy to overcomplicate it. But all it is, is you take a nice big deep breath in through the nose, and then you hold it for about three seconds. So you hold the breath in. And then what you do is on the breath out, you simply relax everything. So it's as if you sit down into a nice big comfortable chair. So let's give that a try first. As you breathe out, so as you let the breath fall out, Hold it then on the exhale, just for a couple seconds or until you feel the urge to breathe. And from then on, we'll just breathe slowly in through the nose and out through the nose and just observe if there's any difference. After that, I'll start counting you in through a little rhythm of breathing. Does that sound good? Let's do it. Okay, so when you're ready, nice big deep breath in through the nose. Hold, two, three. And let it go. 
and hold, let it land, and simply hold it there. And then when you feel the need to breathe, gently in through the nose, and out through the nose. And we'll bring a bit of rhythm to it. So breathe in, three, four, five, and out. Three, four, five. Gently in, two, three, four, five, and out. Two, three, four, five. Breathe in, four, five, and out. Four, five. Breath in. Five and out. Five and in. Let go. Breath in. And out. A few more here. Breath in. And out. And just seeing if there's any more tension you can release. Breathe in. Let go. And in. Stick to that rhythm. And out. Breath in. Let go. Okay, a few more at your own rhythm, at your own rate. Just sensing if there's any difference in the physical body, in the mind, in what you can become aware of. In through the nose and out through the nose. And then when you're ready, when it feels right, and just gently come to open your eyes again. Just so good. <laughs> There's an immediate just sense of calm all over the body. You can actually feel everything, like not just slow down within you, but even in the space around you, everything begins to slow down. Mm, so simple but so effective and so the subtle art of using simple breathing exercises like this is just creating moments during the day where you check in with your breathing and you start to just slow it down or use any of the exercises to sort of create a little bit more calm and that little breath break that we did is quite cool because you can use it at any given time right and you can do both these exercises whether you're in a boardroom with many people around you no one will know if you subtly manipulate your breathing and it just yeah. helps you bring you know a little bit more clarity to the mind a little bit better decision making skills why do you think this stuff is i mean for me you know i i have my own you know ritual in the morning the, the breath breath work is included in it but why do you think so many people are not onto this yet i feel like this is like a free drug <laughs> <laughs> That makes your life better. <laughs> mm, it is in a sense. And it's, 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 it's a question that shows up time and time again when you look into the, the different 
realms of breathwork because we have all this there's a lot of scientific evidence to back it up there's a lot of therapeutic benefits and many many different practitioners practitioners and influential people that sort of have done and have tried this yet it's never really made its way through into you know mainstream medical practice or, or mainstream media for that effect although there does seem to be a change happening at the moment which is quite interesting with you know it's a large focus on obviously respiratory conditions and um you know perhaps even like viruses and things like that and it seems to be that yeah there's a subtle shift happening where it's becoming more and more common practice and you know a- about a decade ago if you told people about meditation it was probably still quite a foreign concept whereas by now meditation is quite commonly known you know to be beneficial there's not a corporate not a large corporate structure in the world that hasn't had you know some sort of a intervention or some sort of a a teacher come in and talk about mindfulness and the benefits of meditation. So hopefully we'll see that happening more and more for the world of breathing as well. I think it's so important. I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's clear shifts. And when we start to see more of, you know, the data and the research behind it as well, like the breath is so powerful. You know, one of the analogies that, that I, uh, that I've thought about is, you know, when we're, when we're scared and we're afraid, we hold our, we hold our breath, which then cinches up the body, you know, and when you're at ease, you're in that space of just kind of relax and soft and pulling in. And you can see it when you're, when you're closed off or even when you, you know, if anyone's ever gotten a massage out there and you start to hold your breath, you notice that the body actually feels like it's get, it getting into more pain versus when you're able to breathe, it allows the entire body to just soften and relax. And it's, it's so underutilized. It's a great way to not only one, just relax and take care of yourself, but also it's like supercharging yourself as well. Hmm. I love that. I love that. And it, it, it truly does start to feel like you're your own little superpower, your inner resource that, you know, nobody can take away from you when you start to harness yeah. your breathing and get greater control of both body and mind. All right. Let's talk a little more about your experiences, because when I look at them online, they look like they're absolutely crazy <laughs> in the best way. <laughs> yeah. It's been such a, it's been such a calm chat. It probably doesn't really um, give off the same energy as some of the other things we do. So, what happened um, about two years ago and what was really significant for me in, you know, I, I suppose my personal process and, and my personal healing was that studying on the Wim Hof and, and working with Wim Hof for, for about three years now, but there was a retreat that we went to. This was in the United States um, probably about three years ago. And it was 60 of us coming together to do this training um, with Wim and a couple of his, his instructors. And we're out in the mountains in um, Oregon and we just spent a week out there. We didn't actually learn much. <laughs> we just spent a week out there you know, doing <laughs> lots of breathing exercises in the morning and standing around doing these Kung Fu poses in the cold and learning to warm our bodies up. And then we hiked a big mountain on the last day. And it was just so much fun. And there was such a variety of people there. It was, it was incredible. It was mind-blowing to see these people of so many different walks of life, whether it was medical doctors and ex-Navy SEALs and FBI agents and, and yoga teachers and, and myself, whatever category I fitted in at the time, just come together yeah. and, 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 and really find this sort of you know, united <laughs> purpose, perhaps, or united experience and, and, and find a lot of um, safety within that context. And that was so remarkable about it to me is that even though they didn't actually teach us much, they created this really beautiful uh, space, this beautiful intention for us to share much about why these techniques had such a prolific effect on us and you know share much more of our personal story in this group in, in this safe context and 
it, it opened up something for me that had been dormant for such a long time. And it was this feeling of feeling seen, feeling heard, feeling safe, um, and feeling connected to other people in this context. And it, it made me feel, it made me feel in my body again. It made me feel like a happy little kid. And it left its mark on me. And when I left that particular experience, I, I cried and I just sat with myself and I was like, man, this is so sad. You know, I wish more of the world could live could live in this way, right? Where you're feeling so open and so seen. And then, you know, the moment I got back to the airport, it's like nobody looks you in the eye and everybody sort of turns away from you. And it was, it was heartbreaking in a sense. Yeah, I mean, the harsh, harsh return to reality. <laughs> it is like that, eh? It is like that. And so I made this commitment to myself that I was going to, you know, attempt to create something along the same lines. And it turns out it didn't actually take me very long. So six months later here in Australia, we had our first uh, expedition where we take people into uh, the snowy mountains, the Australian Alps. Australia's actually got uh, some beautiful mountains. I'm, I'm living here at the moment currently. It's the, the ski season is in full flow. And um, yeah. yeah, we took a group of 30 people out here for a weekend experience. Um, and so the context of the experience is that we spend the weekend learning more about our breathing and sort of mastering these different techniques and all the concepts that come with it, but also, you know, facing the cold and facing uh, this challenge all together as a group. So we climb up one of Australia's highest mountains in nothing but a pair of shorts. And, you know, we spend the weekend sort of swimming in these icy rivers and frozen waterways. And <laughs> it, it looks quite intense on the outset, but really the beauty within it for me time and time again is that people sort of come by themselves most of the time and they come alone, but yet what they find here is such a great level of bonding, such a great level of camaraderie, but really on a deeper level, such an opening into safety and such a, an experience for them just to be to be valued and to be seen as they are, right? Sure. And, you know, there's subtle things. There's no alcohol involved and there's, there's none of the sort of usual, uh, perhaps uh, social uh, lube that is like used to create spaces like this. It's, it's very natural and it's very real. And um, I just found time and time again that when I enter a space like that, it really brings out the best in me. And I find that on all levels, uh, it does me so much good. It does me so much healing, whether it's emotional or physical. I, all I sometimes need is just to be surrounded by a tribe, by a safe group of people. And so that has very much become the philosophy of, of what we do now. And this winter, we've we're running about 10 of these this year and they've sort of they've gone you know bigger better anything from running these expeditions where we get people to swim on their eyes holding their breath to you know climbing and uptailing of big mountains and doing some backcountry work and yeah we've brought in a lot of beautiful adventure and uh, but the concept behind it is safety first and that doesn't necessarily uh, you know obviously with the physical aspects and some of the extreme things we do um, but also the emotional container that we provide for people. It's, you know, you can come here and you can be whoever you are and we'll hold you exactly as that. And it's welcome. And I find that, you know, aside for some of these life-changing experiences and these adventures, really a lot of what people get out of coming to these experiences and what I continue to get out of it myself and always look forward to is, yeah, this, this feeling of being safe in a group of people. Right? being safe in the social environment and allowing it to be. And, you know, last I'll say on the current climate, but especially at the moment um, where that sort of concept we spoke about, where going into the, the real world, right, going into the, the harsh, 
the harsh way of, of humanity is, 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 is it's, it's, it's even worse, right? It's 10x. So you go out and people sort of take a big walk around you when they're out in the street and they don't look at you and they wear masks and, you know, people almost treat you as if you're, uh, as if you're not to be touched or not to be close to, right? Right. I think sure. it's very damaging. I think it can be very damaging for individuals. So for them to come here and for us to establish a level of safety and then, yeah, you see people almost taking a big sigh of relief in their bodies. It's kind of like you said earlier about the breathing out. It's almost like they sort of find find their space again. It's beautiful. Well, I mean, I hope that one day in this lifetime, I get the opportunity to go on one of those adventures. I know that, you know, for me personally, I, I started this whole, you know, morning ritual routine. And even as a yoga teacher, you would think that I would be doing pranayama and breathing exercises all the time. And I really wasn't, you know, I was very... Mm typical standard yoga teacher, I started with just straight up asana. And then eventually I got to meditation. And now I'm in that space where I'm like, Oh, I want to know more about the other stuff that's in there. Breath work really started to become a big part of it as and deeper meditation, to be honest. Now the, the posters are there for me, but they're, I'm still interested in the movement. I'm just less interested in the movement and more interested in, you know, the, um, the mental part of it, the, uh, the, the, the stuff the, the energetic side that we can't see, I want to go there. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of magic in that space. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, every time I, every time I see one of your things, you know, going on online, I just see the people that you're, you're with and I see people's experiences and I see the things that people are tagging you in and it just, it just looks like it's super transformative. So, so, uh, I hope one day I get to join you on one of your adventures. I hope so too, man. And I, I appreciate you saying that and acknowledging that too, you know, coming from the, the yoga environment. Like a big part of my mission at the moment is to um, align this ancient wisdom because that's all it is. It's not about changing or moving or, or, or orchestrating in a different way. It's about aligning it with the modern science and aligning it with, you know, different perspectives that we have these days. And I think that in the yoga space, there's a lot of beautiful opportunity and there's a lot of work that's going to flourish from some of the work that myself and other people in the breath space are doing where uh, we can actually help students a lot. We can give a lot of practical insights and we can give a lot of um, just a deeper love for the practice by teaching them more about the breath and about its modern applications. So I'm hoping to, um, I'm hoping to see a bit of a move in the, in the yoga movement, if you will, um, about becoming more aligned with yeah modern day breathwork practices uh, it's my mission to start to integrate it you know i think i have to to sit with it and again as i continue to search for more and more wisdom out there you know p- pulling it into my life and in, into my my everyday so that i can then teach it from that authentic place and i have a f- i have a feeling we're not done with you Johannes. i feel like this is just the beginning that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, beautiful it's beautiful man well there's certainly many stories to be told so um i look forward to it thank you Thanks so much for coming on the show today, spending your time, your wisdom with us. And until uh, the next Seeker and Sage, this is Ioannis and Danny saying peace out. Hey, appreciate it, man. Bye-bye.